welcome back to Sex and Couples Therapy with the Happy Ending Therapist. I am Donna Harris-Richards, L-I-C-S-W and C-S-T. That's ASECT Certified Sex Therapist. And I also do couples therapy. And I'm here with my lovely producer, Vicki. And to- Hey, Vicki, how are you? <laughs> Doing well. Good, good. Today we're going to talk about uh, a sensitive topic, infidelity. But I'm going to check in with Vicky first to see what's going on and kind of ask her about what she's been up to. I hear you're rollerblading. Is that correct? <laughs> I did. I went rollerblading last weekend. It was wonderful. Haven't been rollerblading in a very long time. Um, but I went down a nice little place near us right on the water and they have really nice wide paths and it was a really nice weekend. So went, Hopefully. got some exercise in, fell once. That's all right. It happens. <laughs> yeah, of course. Part of the process. <laughs> yeah. And only once. That's pretty brilliant. I, I think I'd be falling every step of the way. I was, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a little more than that, but still got it. <laughs> wow. That's great. Did you, been? did you used to do it a lot? I did when I was a kid. My brothers and I, we would rollerblade a lot. That was our, oh. we would have a lot of fun doing that. So Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. How have you been? I've been good. Uh, I'm not rollerblading. Um, I've had this fear of sort of breaking my limbs. I've never gone skiing. I just, I'm not, I, I, I'm active, but I just like, I'm kind of not into that stuff. Although I used to rollerblade a lot when I lived in New York City. We used to rollerblade in Central Park a lot, and that was really fun. But I hear it's a thing now. It's actually becoming more popular because it's outside and because of COVID, it's like a safe, lovely thing to do. I've been seeing more and more videos online of people like synchronized rollerblade dancing. It's nice. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like yeah. I'm not that talented, but I can <laughs> try not to fall. <laughs> you never know, my dear. <laughs> this might be your next career. <laughs> can you <laughs> see my name in lights, you know, <laughs> you can be revenue streaming on YouTube. It's going to be like yeah. the Vicky's rollerblade show. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be interviewing you. <laughs> so I've been good and uh, we've been uh, watching many lovely shows. I have a couple of movie recommendations and show recommendations. Oh, like well, I'm, I'm a news junkie, but I've been really staying away from the news with COVID because it just <laughs> raises That's my tough. anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm limiting that just like I'm mentioning to my clients and encouraging them to do. Um, but, you know, for fluff and uh, just some lovely entertainment, you know, other than reading, I love to read. I do a lot of reading for work and just fun reading. But um, we've been watching Emily in Paris. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's really fun. It, it's it's a little bit uh, controversial. <laughs> Is um, it? Yeah. It, uh, it, it, the producer, I didn't realize this until after I watched it. The producer produced Sex in the City. Oh. Darren Starr. So it's sort of like the Parisian version of that. Um, but it, it's it's darling. I think it's darling. It's a total departure. Beautiful scenes of Paris, you know, all that great stuff. And then a couple of movies. Um that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, one is called The Half of It. Have you heard of that? No. So I've decided now what I'm doing is going on Rotten Tomatoes. 
dot com and looking mm-hmm. up, you know, the highest rated movies and TV shows. So uh, yeah. that was one we found that got ninety eight percent. Oh wow! And it's a it's a kind of a coming of age story combined with Cyrano de Bergerac with a queer twist. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a little bit around, you know, kind of, you know, same sex love, which is lovely and, and a beautiful part of the story, but also just the coming of age and, and you know, the topics of loss. It's kind of got everything and it's funny and it's romantic and it's charming and it's, yeah, really cool. So I recommend the half of it. Um, and then another one that uh, I saw recently was called Plus One. Very cute little movie. Yeah. So again, a good, good rating on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, it's like, it's fun and sexy and intelligent and, you know, kind of smart and witty and the, the actors are great. It's, it's actually, speaking of weddings, Vicky, um, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Nice transition there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vicky and I were talking about scouting wedding sites. You want to say why? Oh, well, I think we touched on it last time, but I'm recently engaged. So we are starting to talk about the details. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, uh, yeah, so this is actually a very cute little story uh, of a couple of friends and I won't give anything away, but they decide that they're going to go to, you know, they're young. So all their friends are getting married and they've, you know, between them, they've got like 10 weddings to tackle in one summer. And, um, you can imagine, uh, you know, it's a guy and a girl and, uh, you know, (laughs) but, but what I love about it, and I think it's actually a good segue into our topic today, interestingly, um, even though it doesn't necessarily, well, I'm not going to say anything about that, but, um, it's just this idea of how the expectation that we have going into relationships and how, um, in this little movie, Plus One, they do a really good job of talking about in relationship what's uh, good enough versus perfect. You know, I think we're all kind of seeking perfection. Um, and they do a lovely, a lovely job of kind of illustrating why, you know, perf- the idea of perfection isn't realistic, isn't really the thing to shoot for. What's, what we want to do is kind of, you know, think about good enough. I think, you know, especially with social media and on social media, you see everybody, they always put their A sides out, right? Then you never see the bad days on social media. You never see the small arguments, the small fights. And I think that just kind of plays into that idea of a perfect relationship or hashtag relationship goals or, you know, anything like that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not always real, you know? And I think it's, I think it's interesting. So yeah, it's usually never real. <laughs> Probably yeah. 99.9. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, I just really want to lower people's expectations. And, you know, and depending on our partner for that, you know, 0.1%, that's another piece of this. I think everybody probably knows my philosophy by now about that. That You know, we have to create our own fun. You know, that's another thing I was thinking about this morning is, um, you know, my husband and I, when we get up in the morning, one of the first things I start to think about now is... Um, I'll say to him, so where where do you want to go for lunch today, honey? I'd like to go to the Plaka, that little restaurant we love in the middle of Athens, or I'd like to go along the Seine uh, and sit on that lovely boat restaurant on the river. You know, we're just using our yeah. imaginations because it's COVID and we can't do nothing. You know, we can't go anywhere. We can't travel. So 
So we have I fun know. with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so shall I begin to talk about this topic? I think we should just jump right on in. Oh, why not? Okay. Let's be brave. <laughs> You're so brave. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a cu- couple of little stats about, about the idea of infidelity. Um, you know, it's interesting. The couples that, that come in for, for therapy, their two most common complaints um, are lack of communication. You know, they want better communication and they want better intimacy. Um, and, you know, sometimes one partner's had an affair or multiple affairs. So that's another goal they want to repair. Um, some studies say that 20 to 40 percent um, of heterosexual men have affairs. Some studies say for women, it's about 20 to 25 percent. Um, so, you know, affairs are clearly you know, it can be a, a painful betrayal if you're in a committed relationship or a marriage, right? Um, and and it's an act which can bring, you know, feelings of, of shame for the person who's had the affair, um, you know, because there's, there's sort of secret keeping and lying and you're breaking your promise to your partner. Um, and it can leave the, the, the person who didn't have the affair, um, you know, wondering what's wrong with them that led to it. You know, there's just a lot of, you know, icky, messy stuff, which, you know, life is full of icky, messy stuff anyway, but <laughs> this just adds to it. Um, and, you know, there are painful consequences beyond uh, the emotional pain. But of course, you know, we have to be thinking about things like sexually transmitted infections, diseases. Um, you know, one of them that I have seen uh, is HPV that can happen from an affair. Uh, which is really unfortunate because that can lead to, for women, you know, greater risk of cancer, um, cancer certain types of cancer. So uh, that's something that we really need to be thinking about when we're thinking about, you know, consequences from our choices or our actions. You know, it's often not just the emotional pain, but the physical consequences. Um, that's tough. That's really tough. It is. And it becomes sort of something, unfortunately, that that continues to live between people. They get through it. Mm. You know, I have really good outcomes, I'm so happy to say, because um, one thing that I do want to mention is, is sometimes affairs can break relationships apart, but more often than not, they stay together. People do stay together like 66 plus percent of the time. If there's enough desire there for people, they they make it work and they get through it. And and the problem becomes an opportunity uh, to to be growing your relationship. And and believe it or not, people can become enriched by it. And I say that with hesitancy because I don't want people to think I condone it. I don't recommend it, you know, but. You know, we're all flawed and we all make promises and, you know, either consciously or unconsciously can break them at times. And, you know, that's one of those things. So do, do you find that when there's a couple that's gone through an affair that they because I, I would assume you have to make the conscious decision at both partners have to make the conscious decision to really try to you learn from it and truly move past it, mm-hmm. you know, and and if it becomes something that continually gets brought up or, you know, you're finding that one person just really can't get past it, you know, depending on the person, how do you, how do you work through that with them? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, we, we have to begin to, I think, manage how we're thinking about it. And and you ask a, a perfectly 
great question. So I, I would begin that by saying, you know, Esther Perel talks about um, the fact that adultery has existed since marriage was invented. <laughs> Yet this, to quote her exactly, she says, this extremely common act remains poorly understood. Um, and so I think before I answer your question, Vicki, I just want to say that, you know, there are going to be people listening out there who are either grappling with this now um, they've grappled with it in the past and, and the, the relationships broke apart. Um, so there is a, a wonderful writer named Robin Kasarjian, and she wrote a book called Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart. And to answer your question, I think forgiveness is one of the elements of this. And, and I, you know, people aren't ready to forgive. First, they have to kind of work through their, their pain about it. You know, there's an incredibly... Uh, dif- it's, there's the incredibly diff- difficult and painful experience of loss. You know, she, Perel also talks about this idea of the shadow of the third, which can invite a conversation. It's an invitation to a conversation. I like to call it around loss. Um, and this is a big piece of this. And so I, I want people to know that, um, sort of trudging through the loss first and talking about what, what the, um, the person who didn't have the affair is needing in terms of repair, right? So they're going to need things from their partner, but they're also going to need for themselves the idea of forgiving themselves, perhaps for not knowing, um, you know, and looking at this as an opportunity, the crisis as an opportunity if they want to stay with their partner to grow. Um, and, you know, um, Kasarjian, getting back to Kasarjian, that writer, this is a book I've had forever before. I mean, before I even thought about becoming a therapist, I grabbed this little book. I don't know what really appealed to me. And there are beautiful chapters in there about forgiveness of self, forgiveness of your spouse, forgiveness of your parents, forgiveness of your children. You know, she really helps people begin to think about things differently. So she has this lovely uh, quote, uh, Kasarjian says, it is only through forgiveness that you reclaim your capacity for aliveness and love again. So whether that is that the relationship didn't work out, you know, let's say you're one of that 33% where your partner didn't want to do the work and there wasn't enough desire to, to remain in the relationship. Well, we, we still need to think about forgiveness of self and other in order to move forward, right? You're talking about moving forward. You're asking me this, um, so, you know, there's this other idea that if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? You know, impermanence is the only state that we can really be certain of, um, you know, and, and there's this idea that we can never fully possess our partners, even when we marry, um, you know, there's this idea that, um, we can, we can put on new eyes and get to know them even when they hurt us. And this is so hard to wrap one's head around. I know. Um, so yeah, I guess to answer your question, look, part of it is the person who had the affair has to understand how painful it was for their partner. Um, Mm. they have to work on empathy and developing that part of themselves. Um, Forgiveness for themselves, too, as well as, you know, partner forgiveness of self and other. And, you know, I'm helping people with this every single day. And again, there's this idea that there really are no guarantees in life. You know, hopefully we wake up and, you know, the sun comes up and, 
You know, mm. we have a clear sky outside, right? I mean, with the with the <laughs> fires in California, do you remember, Vicky? I don't know if you noticed, but there were, I mean, there was a period of some days where you looked outside and there was kind of a gray, cloudy sky. Do you remember this? When that when that smoke started making its way to us, this I don't know if you noticed the sunsets. They were completely. It was a different sunset than we we normally have here. Um, mm. We're we're located in New England, so the, the right. New England sunsets are a little bit different and, and those colors there were colors that we don't normally have and it it's one of those yeah. things where it's kind of trying to find the beauty in a otherwise not so great situation which um to some degree could be related here and just just to reiterate a lot of these things that we know that infidelity is a very touchy subject and yeah if yeah. you are one of those people that this isn't resonating with you that is also okay mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i just wanted to put that out there because i know that there's a lot of people that you know, even I know of that have been through situations that would mm-hmm. sit there and, and hear us talking about this and be like, that's not what I went through at all. And and I think that's yeah. the point of it is that each person going through this is different. And, and you know, the reasons behind everyone's acts are different. And, you mm-hmm. know, are there people that is there a, a set of reasons more than other reasons that you see, like why infidelity actually does happen? Is it? Yeah. 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 Um yeah, that's a great question. Um, so uh, w- one of the other elements here for a second I want to talk about is is getting people to begin to think that uh, this this idea that there are no victims and no villains. Um, and again, I know that may not resonate for some people, but I think um, if we can understand why affairs happen to your point, you know, sometimes they happen because people need to somehow feel alive. This is a big one. Um, sometimes people, believe it or not, experience growth from the affair um, because they lack sexual experience, right? They lack a sense of competence or confidence or, uh, you know, if there's a desire discrepancy or differences in desire and, you know, one partner has higher desire and the other one has lower and they're not managing this very well, you know, sometimes the uh, a fair seeking partner just needs to feel desired. Um, it can happen if your partner has a disability or a chronic illness um, mm. and they're not able to be sexual with you. Um, sometimes it's, I know some people might, you know, kind of sneer at this, but but oftentimes it's just about biology. Um, you know, there's this idea of, you know, the the impulse to seed the nest, so to speak. You know, animals do it and, you know, humans have the same impulse. The the difference for humans is we have a prefrontal cortex, right? So we can, you know, think about ourselves, we can make reference to ourselves and we can, you know, I've talked about in the the neuroscience uh, podcast, uh, this idea that our our prefrontal cortex or our judgment brain is kind of like the steering wheel, right? So we may have the impulse in that automatic brain or the amygdala or the, you know, the emotional brain to want someone. But then we have to really be thinking about what's the consequence going to be later if I give into this impulse. And lots of times people just aren't thinking about that. You know, I've counseled lots of heterosexual couples where men say, you know, I was not, when I was having the affair, I was not thinking about my partner. I would, the thought of her didn't even come to my mind. You know, it can be such a compartmentalized act. Um, sometimes it happens during times when our partners need us most. Um, there can be this pressure um, to be available during a very difficult, emotionally difficult time, like the death of a parent or, uh, you know, uh, difficulty with your children or, you know, uh, maybe your partner's pregnant and you're feeling on the outside. Um, 
you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, so, so these are, can be some of the reasons that it happens. Um, and for those folks out there, once again, I know Vicki, you know, there's this idea that you know, for some folks they, they didn't get help or they didn't seek help and it didn't work out. You know, what, what I would say is that's an opportunity for a, a new and better relationship. You know, let's look at that in, in that way, even though it hurts, I know. Um, so, so Kasarji, and I just really want to kind of read this quote because I think it's so helpful. She says, you may never have the opportunity to work through your feelings in the context of your relationship. Even if your partner is physically present, perhaps she or he is not able to be there for you, hearing or witnessing that hurt or anger aroused by the infidelity. If your partner is unwilling to work through those issues, it may feel like another abandonment and, and perhaps one too many for you to stay, you know? So that leads to this idea that we have choices, uh, and we can honor our feelings. Um, she says the anger may be what you need at that point in time to give you the impetus to make changes. So honor those feelings, you know, you have the right to feel the way you do. Um, but as time passes, consider that without forgiveness, you will always be bound to the relationship. You know, whether you remain in it or not, forgiveness is a way forward for ourselves. That That's one element. That makes sense. Um, it sounds like they also, um, I know we've talked about the different levels in relationships, and this sounds like it can also be related to, you know, level one and level two and you know, talking about when you level up in a way and grow in mm -hmm. your marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. In, are there, how are the, what are the different ways that, you know, growth truly can occur after an affair has happened? So, um, you know, it's this idea that, well, I always talk about this. I think it's Peggy Kleinplax. Klein Platz, who talks about those five ideas. And I'm just going to repeat myself and repeat myself and repeat myself with, Hey, if it works, if they work, <laughs> that's okay. Well, you know, I think they do. Right. So, so there's this idea of differentiation. Um, another word for that is integrity. And, you know, this is not easy for people. Um, but I promise you, it is so freeing and so liberating to be fully differentiated and to be in integrity with oneself. Uh, meaning, you know, no more keeping secrets, no more lying, really just being fully transparent. Um, it gives it gives people a lot of power in a way that they may not have realized. So those five elements that, you know, I think it's Klein Platz who talks about uh, developing ourselves in terms of authenticity, um, vulnerability, taking risks, developing strong interpersonal communication in the relationship and uh, let's see, what's the other one? Oh, managing conflict in communication. Oh, these are just so not easy. But it, it's the same idea as, you know, being afraid to fly. The only way to get on that plane is to just get on that plane. And the mm -hmm. more you do it, I mean, it may not be easier over time, but at least you're still getting on that plane and, you, and you're going where you want to go. You're, you're getting to mm -hmm. that destination. Right. Um. So, so again, you know, I don't, I don't recommend or condone affairs, but, um, they really are a catalyst for growth in, in that we need to understand that there are human conditions. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there are seven stories to mankind, right? This is what writers say. Um, and I have lots of friends who are professional writers and I think they would agree that, you know, there's the story of triumph, 
you know, overcoming the monster, right? You know, think King Kong or, or Dracula. <laughs> um, you know, there's like the, so, so let me just say before I go on, you know, affairs, getting through affairs can kind of be like a triumph story or, or a rebirth story in a marriage, in a relationship. Um, other, the, the other stories are the rags to riches story. You know, there's the, the quest or the journey, right? Think Wizard of Oz, Lord of the Rings, guys. Um, there's the voyage and return, like Oliver's travels. There's comedy, you know, there's, you know, hilarious chaos stories and mistaken identity confusion. You know, we love all those, right? Um, think Woody Allen. I love Woody Allen. Um, think tragedy and think rebirth. So, um, again, we, when we are human, we are flawed. I mean, even as a therapist, I'll tell my clients, you know, it may happen that I, I, you know, I have in, in the past. I mean, this is maybe terrible to say, but, you know, I've missed an appointment. I've forgotten an appointment. I've, you know, messed up. I've, uh, you know, in my personal life, right? I mean, who hasn't? So, so if we understand that this is part of the human condition um, and that parts of the human condition are manageable, they can even be enriching. And this is kind of the happiness mindset that I love to talk about versus the depressive mindset, which is one of kind of, you know, we think things are permanent and never ending and they're never going to change. Right. So if we can step into this idea that things are are manageable, understand the human condition and that we can be enriched looking at problems as opportunities. This is how your relationship grows and you kind of, you know, keep keep uh, taking that journey up the up the mountain together. I think. Something too is, I know we had talked about this a little bit, um, when we were kind of talking about getting ready for this podcast, you were saying you hear a lot of partners, the partner that didn't have the affair saying, you know, I would never do that. How could they? Mm. And I think it's also, um, realizing that people are different mm. and that's hard because you're not the same person as your partner. You're a part of a couple, but you and your partner are not inherently the same person. You know, and you yes. might be at different stages in your life. You want to, you had talked a little bit about that. So I think I just really like that. Yeah. And this is a theme, I think, in every relational issue is accepting uh, our partners from being different than us. You know, I, I find my off, myself often saying, um, you know, you wouldn't marry a carbon copy of yourself, would you? I mean, if you looked in the mirror, would you say, oh, I want to marry that person, you know? But most people <laughs> say, no, I would never marry. I don't marry. think so. <laughs> I would never marry myself. Yeah, but I think that's the expectation that we're putting on our partners. You know, I mean, yeah. I just, you know, I just had this happen with my such a darling person of a husband last night. I mean, I, I just don't like, I'm sorry, I'm going to go there. I don't like food in bed if it's not controlled <laughs> and contained. <laughs> you know, if we have a structure about it, a way to make sure that stuff doesn't end up in the bed, great. But... <laughs> But, you know, to take the food into the bed and like, you know, just kind of have it there, you know, have it be sort of an open field day, you know, that drives me a little kooky. So yeah. um, that that problem is an opportunity for me to take a deep breath, zip the lip, pause, consider that my partner is not me and doesn't see the world like I do. And rather than me getting angry and staying angry, I mm -hmm. really have to work that prefrontal cortex to, to, to accept, understand, and come up with a better, more productive system. Mm -hmm. So now we, we're going to get a little, a little vessel with, you know, his name on it for special <laughs> snacks in the bed. <laughs> rather than me just staying, you know, all pissed off about it. 
Um, so to your point, Vicki, you know, there's this idea that when we, when we get that our partners are different, it's okay to be angry about an affair. It's okay to be upset about it. It's, It's okay to say, look, you know, this was not the vow that we took. This was not the promise we made. This is a broken agreement. So Mm -hmm. let's figure out what happened and let's, you know, uh, repair it. How do you start that repair? So the affair has to stop. You know, if two people are in a relationship and they are agreeing to monogamy, fidelity, Mm. uh, the affair, there can be no third parties. Now, there Mm. are relationships where people can consent to non-monogamy. That's a different story. You know, there's polyamory, which is not open relationships. It's a very structured way of having other, excuse me, relationships. You know, you have primary partners and secondary tertiary. But... If, if people are in a monogamous relationship and they've agreed to fidelity, there can be no more affair. So mm. that has to stop. If that partner is not willing to stop, then, you know, we, there's really not much that can be done. So, yeah. so once the affair stops, then, um, and that's complicated too, because sometimes if the affair is at work, mm. folks can be faced with having to leave the job. It's much more difficult to stay in the environment with the affair person and have a successful uh, chance at repairing with your partner. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a consideration. Um, now, having said that, um, I think what I have seen, not I think, but what I have seen is that if the partner who had the affair is really and sincerely willing to leave the job or to move or whatever is needed for that affair, oftentimes mm-hmm. that that's a big piece of the repair. You know, even if it doesn't happen, like let's say, I know this is, sounds nutty, but let's say they never end up going to that place where they do leave the job because let's say the affair person, their affair partner leaves first. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Then problem solved. But there has to be this willingness. It's kind of like um, uh, the phone, right? The, you know, the cell phone issue for lots of couples. Um, you know, if you don't allow your partner to see your cell phone, your partner's going to scratch their head and say, well, you know, what are you hiding? Right. Mm. Uh, most people don't really care much about their partner's cell phones. But <laughs> once the partner says, uh, you can't look at that, you know, or the, you, you don't give the passcode. It it just becomes um, uh, very mysterious. Sketchy. It becomes yeah. sketchy. It becomes mysterious. Um, I mean, usually people, like I said, you know, they don't care. But the willingness to say to your partner, here's my passcode, you know, look anytime you like, is this idea of I have really nothing to hide. I'm not keeping secrets. I'm not lying. Now, that mm. doesn't mean for the partner who's not having the affair that you get carte blanche to every thought in your partner's head, nor should you have that access. Um, We all need to have kind of privacy in our minds and our thoughts and all of that. But um, just just the willingness to be that open with your partner creates security and repair. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So it has to be a a willingness to move forward together. And you know what I mean? To to really... Mm -hmm. start a new chapter, I guess, to 
toss another metaphor out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, then, you know, I talk with couples about erotic fantasy. So, and, and we talk about all kinds of ways of lowering people's stress levels, you know, uh, taking your foot off the brakes, so to speak, right? Like Emily Nagoski says in uh, Come mm-hmm. As You Are, uh, you know, figuring out ways forward so that both people are feeling like they're having a more satisfying couple life together, relationship life, sex life. You know, again, this is an invitation to a conversation about what can be better. You know, Mm. what led to the problem so that it's an opportunity for more, better, richer, a richer experience. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, And it seems like it's also, it's the the problems in a relationship can be from both sides. So it it takes both people, even if one person was not in the affair and one person was, it still takes both people to actively work together. If they want to move forward, they got to do it together. Yes, uh, they, they do. And, um, you know, the affair person, sorry, the partner that had the affair has to realize that they, they, only have two choices. You know, this is a Schnarkian idea. My my esteemed uh, Dr. David Schnark says um, it's a two choice dilemma. You know, we if we're going to continue the affair, it's likely the relationship will not work out. So if we stop the affair, that is that is the way forward. If you want your marriage or your partnership, um, and uh, Perel would say. You can't be on guard and let go at the same time. You have to be able to let go. So that might be the the partner having the affair, letting go of the affair. And that might be the hurting partner letting go. You know, once the repair has happened in therapy and... Uh, or may, maybe they're not using therapy. Maybe they're reading some wonderful books on the topic. Um, you know, Esther Perel has a great uh, TED talk on it. Why? Why it happens? Um, you know, I just I I have to stop for a second because I I this morning as I was thinking about this topic, Vicky. You know, I'm a showgirl, right? And I'm a musician, so I started thinking about that musical called Company, and only older people are going to know it, I'm sure. But Stephen Sondheim, do you know? You like musicals, right? I do. Yeah. I'm a big musical gal. <laughs> Yeah. So he, he, back in my day, um, he wrote a musical called company and, Mm -hmm. and he has a, he has a song called being alive. And I was reminded of it this morning. Um, you know, for, for both partners, I think these lyrics are, are so apropos. Tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. (laughs) You and I didn't talk about this, but (laughs) uh, I was thinking of the song, uh, and the lyrics go like this. Um, Someone to hold me too close, someone to hurt me too deep, someone to sit in my chair and ruin my sleep and make me aware of being alive, being alive. Somebody need me too much. Somebody know me too well. Somebody pull me up short and put me through hell and give me support for being alive. Make me alive. You know, and I think there's this there's this need for both people. Right. Again, you know. So, so for the person having the affair, maybe there's this idea of wanting to be alive. Maybe they just want to be alive with their partner, but they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to go to their partner and say, something's missing here. I'm missing you. I'm, you know, feeling hurt. And then maybe for the, for the other partner, um, 
after the loss, you know, this, the shadow of the third, uh, the, the loss of what might have been, you know, this is a theme for people where we imagine that once we take those vows or we make that commitment, it's a happily ever after. Well, you know, <laughs> that is often not how it goes. Um, so, so we get, we have to sort of recheck our expectations. And a lot of times I hear from my clients that when an affair has taken place and it stops, boy, oh boy, you know, there's just some great sex that goes on. <laughs> because of the potential loss of the relationship. Yeah. I mean, that it, it's, it's like a death. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean to laugh about it. I just think it's, it's just, um, I don't know why I thought that was funny, but I think it is because it it's, just reminds me of the the concept of like breakup sex, makeup sex. It just yes. kind of like fits right into that same yes. idea and sure. it just like on a much grander scale other than like a small argument. <laughs> yes. And to be clear, this is not what I recommend to my couples for better sex. <laughs> I do not tell them to go out and have an affair, but no, I will no, say no. it can be a byproduct because of, of this idea of, of loss, you know, as, mm -hmm. as or the de the potential death of a marriage thinking, you know, we all think, well, if my partner ever had an affair, that's a deal breaker, but that ends up not being true quite often. And that is not permission to go out and have an affair. What it no, just no, means no. is just this idea of, you know, you build so much together that you often don't realize by the time you get to year 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 and something like this happens, it's not that easy to let go. Yeah. As hard as it is. So, the, so the, the, the folks who are hurt by it and their partners have had the affairs and they're in that position, I really want them to be thinking about what they need to feel better, you know, um, like I need my partner to have that little bowl with his name on it so that I don't hold on to my anger about food in the bed. I know that's the silliest notion because we're not talking about infidelity, but if you need, um, uh, you know, whatever it is someone needs, uh, maybe you need to have your name now put on the deed of your home, or you need money being put in your account regularly. You need some kind of proof. Maybe you want to, uh, you know, renew your vows. Maybe you want your partner to now be arranging for a vacation, um, or, you know, cooking three times a week, <laughs> whatever it is that feels like the makeup to you, or maybe it's every mm. night, I don't know. Um, you know, you got to say, you got to say what you need to feel better. And, and your partner, be, be honest about what you need to feel better as well. Yeah. And that's not easy. And that's the, that's the idea of growth and going from level one to level two, this idea that we, yeah, we, it's an opportunity for us to grow, for our partners to grow. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's tough, but no, you know, no pain, no gain. Right. Well, I think it's, it's, you know, each relationship there are a lot of expectations, mm -hmm. you know, that come with relationships and a lot of different commitments that come with being in relationships. And I feel like, you know, for the partner that might not have had the affair, there, there might be this need to, to know everything and know every little detail because, you know, you uh, had this expectation and you're holding yeah. your partner to that same expectation, but do yes. they, do they really want to know every little detail? Like, do they really want to know? Like, is that something that when you have a, 
couple in front of you and they're working through this, do they actually want to go through that exercise of knowing yeah. every little detail? Quite often they do. And, and I really encourage people to think about uh, what that will mean for them. So if they do have those details in their mind, those details will be there. And, and I encourage them to think about, is, is that a good choice for you? You know, is it, is it better to consider really looking at what, what the problem was maybe in the relationship, in your relationship to begin with? Maybe not, not as much as authenticity as was needed, not as much risk taking with your partner, not as, not as, uh, uh, not as much ability to manage conflict or, you know, that, those, that, those kinds of, of ideas that, you know, how can you, you know, that's the stuff that's important. Um, those other details, uh, we think they're important, but oftentimes they're harmful. Yeah. So I, I do I do encourage people to really think about that um, before knowing what those details are, because once you know, they can't be unknown. And, and I think, you know, for women, what I often see is, you know, there's a theme of, oh, you know, this idea of being a good girl you know, or being uh, subservient uh, and, and not speaking up for oneself. Uh, so let's say it's, you know, a pretty typical uh, situation where, you know, the, the husband or the male partner has had the affair. And, and let's say it's the wife. I'm, I'm just taking this for convenience sake is the one who didn't have the affair. You know, it's it's really important her to, for her to, to begin to stand up and and not not be the good girl. You know, that both people have to be equals here. Um you know, she doesn't, it's not good for her to be in that, in that position or, or a maternal position of caretaking. You know, both people have to have a really honest conversation about what they need going forward and what was missing for them possibly prior to the affair. Does that make sense? It does. I, um, as you were talking about that, I don't know. Have you ever seen the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the marvelous oh, sure. Mrs. Maisel? Yeah, yeah. That just made me think of it because that's like the beginning of season. I've recently started watching that. Um, mm. I'd never watched it now that I can just binge all of the series. <laughs> 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 I, like, I had been. But yeah, I just remember watching that. And, and when you're talking about just a very typical situation, that's what it made me think of. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a good uh, that's a good thought. Um, and, you know, I, the balance of power, you know, two people being equals, again, that, that's that's getting it to, to level two or version two, right? That when, as mm. we kind of trek up the mountain to, to that point in time, um, and, and there's, you know, actually on my social media uh, that you work on so beautifully, Vicky, you just put up this picture <laughs> that I thought was you. so great of the fruit. Right. You oh, know, the, yeah. <laughs> the fruit with the hand. Um, yeah. I, I forget what that was for, but it made it made me think of, you know, couples therapy is is less like peeling away the, the layers of the onion and more like fruit and, mm. and peeling back the rind to get to that tender kind of underbelly of what's really going on between people. You know, this idea that we just want approval. We just want acceptance. We just want love. Yeah. Uh, and and that that takes a lot of vulnerability, and that's really really hard. But we de can develop ourselves at it. And you know, once we get there, oh God, it's just like I promise, it's so much easier being in relationship. Yeah, 
this this idea of transparency. Um, so there is this uh, quote again from Perel, and you know she's not the only one who who talks about affairs, but she she does have some lovely some lovely ideas. Um, and we love her. <laughs> and we love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's actually, an, I believe, I'm pretty sure she's an ASEC certified sex therapist out of Manhattan. And guys, if you've never listened to her or seen her TED Talk on infidelity, I highly recommend it because she really helps people think differently about what mm. a, a committed relationship is in terms of our expectations. You know, we all have this Cinderella, Hollywood ending expectation in marriage and and we... If we begin to shift that a bit, it's very helpful. So she says, you know, um, one theme comes up repeatedly. Affairs as a form of self-discovery, a quest for a new or a lost identity. For these seekers, infidelity is less likely to be a symptom of a problem and more often described as an expansive experience that involves growth, exploration, and transformation. And this is from her book called The State of Affairs, Rethinking Infidelity, which is very good. So, you know, hopefully that helps people a little bit um, in terms of, of what happens when they come for some assist when a crisis like this occurs. <laughs> and that's why you have therapists right readily available to help you work through these things because i think another thing people might think they have to work through it alone and and they don't you know and i, I know mm. something that you say all the time is you know when it's time to have those difficult conversations about your relationship don't try to fight through them alone reach out to somebody that's certified to yes. help you do that kind of thing yes yes uh yeah because it can be a much quicker process and a much more efficient process rather than spending the years and years and years that people spend trying to kind of work their way through it on their own. There really is help. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Vicki, for having this talk with me. Of course. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks to the boys in the back, Paul and Justin. <laughs> you guys, so awesome. So once again, thanks to all my listeners out there for joining us. Um, you can find me on Facebook at the Sex and Couples Therapist, on Instagram at the Happy Ending Therapist, and uh, you can call the office at 508-990-9909. And also feel free to go to my website, www.sexandcouplestherapy.com. And remember, always make time for pleasure, play, and passion. Thanks.